Everything in the universe is quantifiable, and Chris O'Mealy is here to prove it by ranking whatever he feels like on this episode, along with a panel of esteemed guests. This is Chris Ranks the Universe. Thank you to our good friend Jeff Trelowitz of Real Paranormal Talk and Ranking Tracks for that lovely introduction. As he mentioned, I am Chris O'Mealy, and this is Chris Ranks the Universe. Today we're going to be discussing The Mandalorian Season 2 as a follow-up to the last time we brought you Chris Ranks the Universe, where we discussed the first season. And of course, if I'm going to talk about the same show, I need to have the same guests, esteemed guests, as Jeff pointed out. So please welcome back to Chris Ranks the Universe. First, my main podcasting partner in crime. You can hear him every week on The Nerd Table, as well as the Stupid Sexy Podcast, and over at twitch.tv slash Online. he is Dan Peck. I'm just a sucker with low self-esteem. Also joining us, you can hear him every week, sometimes multiple times, on the Bored to Death binge cast with the Bored to Death clan of crew reviewing easily to digestible chunks of television shows. This is their fearless leader, Jay Winger. Hello, hello. It is I, the binge czar. Thank the, you for having me back. Ah, uh, yes, the binge czar. So last time the three of us sat down and chatted, we talked about the first season of The Mandalorian. Would you guys agree that season two only got better? Absolutely. I, sure. I think that kind of goes without saying. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know if it's like way better, but it's definitely better. Yeah, there was a lot more like sort of, in a sense, you could almost call it fan service, not in the sense of sexy costumes, but in the case of all the references to past, past Star Wars material and even them bringing in stuff that uh, was had sort of fallen out of canon with the Disney takeover and they were sort of reincorporating it into the, into the new Canon. You know, it's kind of like uh, how rebels was the first season is just, we're introducing you these new characters. And then right. at the end, they're like, here's where they fit in the grand scheme of themes. Here's where everybody else is right now. Yep. There you go. And I would say that uh, a lot of people, and Dave Filoni's in charge of that too. Yes. What? <laughs> That's just it. Between Dave Filoni and John Favreau, Star Wars is absolutely in good hands right now. I, I would definitely agree with and, that. And we talked about this last time about the 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 opinion of the new trilogy and how there was some misdirection there. You can tell this show has an actual direction. They know where they're going, and they yeah. know how they're getting there. You can tell because every story has a twist, and every twist has a purpose. There's no... Yes, there's, like, some filler stuff in there, but it usually leads to something, something bigger, something greater. Right. Something that means something in the scheme of things. So, I absolutely can't fault that in any way, shape, or form. Now, before yeah. I actually break the season down, let me just point out that we are going to be talking, again, about just eight episodes. There's one episode that I feel was just okay... Not really anything special. It, yeah, I it, suspect I know which one that is. Yes. Anyway. Oh, yeah, I know what we're starting with. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody's, we're going to start with the same episode, more than likely. And then there's two episodes that I thought were pretty damn good. Then there's two episodes that I think are 
really friggin' good. And then there's three episodes that I think are holy shit, wow. Yes. <laughs> so this is going to be a very difficult ranking, but not for anything negative. Because the worst episode was easy to pin out. The other seven is where I had the problem. Yeah, and it's not so much the worst episode so much as least good. Least good, exactly. Something by default has to be the worst. Sometimes it's the worst because it's the shits. Other times it's the worst because everything else was just better by comparison. It's kind of like what Dan and I talk about while we're doing Stupid Sexy Podcast. We review a great episode of The Simpsons, and we realize in the grand scheme of that season, it's still low tier because the season just had so much other good stuff on it. Right. And I would much rather struggle to come up with my favorite episode than know easily <laughs> what the worst episode is and everything around it. So, as always, folks, Chris Ranks the Universe is my opinions and my opinions alone. These gentlemen are just here to discuss these opinions with me. So, if you disagree with anything I say, they don't get the hate mail. I get it. I take the heat. They walk away as baby faces. That's how this works. And the clue is in the title of the podcast. It's Chris Ranks the Universe. Jay is just the guest. He gets no heat. Unless he, unless he mentions an episode that you like, he thinks is shitty. In which case, go ahead and send him hate mail. I don't care. I'll give you all the Bored to Death contact information <laughs> if, if you really want me to. Yeah, just hit us up on social media, BTD underscore BingeCast. Correct. Check out all their great stuff, too, including... What we're going to cover eventually here on Chris Ranks the Universe, a ranking of WandaVision. Ooh, yes. <laughs> and you can check out their individual breakdowns of that and The Mandalorian, as well as some great anime series each yep, and we every some... week. Yep. Got some more anime coming down the pipeline soon. There you go. It's Well, we could discuss this on an, another episode, exactly. but just a quick Let's... note. I am officially starting Yu Yu Hakusho, and I want to discuss that with you guys once okay. I have... You have not seen I, it, have you? No. Okay. So I may not be may not be in that discussion. So that's fine. It was hyped to me, and I started it, and I'm I only watched the first episode, but I can already tell I'm going to enjoy it. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about the Mandalorian season two, and we'll kick things off with easily the bottom episode, also agreed upon by IMDb, as this is the only episode to score under an 8.0 in the ratings. <laughs> and that is Chapter 10, The Passenger. Ah, uh, yes. By default, Directed this by is... Peyton Reed of uh, Ant-Man fame. Ah, okay. Well, there's definitely some insect work going on here, that's for <laughs> oh, sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so... What if ice spiders? Yeah. <laughs> so basically, the idea behind it is that the, uh, the sh he's gotta transport it's this is an escort mission basically oh yeah definitely an escort mission he's introduced right. to the frog lady because we're we're coming off of the the heels of the first episode here and he's like you need to get this lady to her husband it's on this moon but uh get her right. and her eggs in time because she's is she like the last of her species or something? No, or it's, I, it's, it's the, the last, last of her family. Okay, uh, the she's last the last of, of her bloodline. Okay. Exactly. 
That's fine. <clears throat> and you can't go warp speed because it will damage the eggs. Correct. It'll actually something kill else damages the eggs instead, though. Yes, oh, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. But of course, and he's mad because going at warp speed is what's keeping him alive. Yes, he's exactly. Got, he's wanted several places, and Moff Gideon's after him. And he's got an asset. He's got the child. Still the yeah. child at this time. More on that later. Yep. But uh, Frog Lady's impatience, which can get kind of obnoxious, is uh, doesn't really help here. But basically what happens is he's kind of he kind of gets pulled over by the cops. Yep. He doesn't cooperate with the cops. Which never goes well. Or oh, just <laughs> as the Polony is back as his character and the... Yep, we have X-wing. Carson. Yeah, yeah, he has to play. He has to play X-wing pilot again. He, we need some excuse for him to take off that damn cowboy hat. <laughs> <laughs> but they crash in an ice cave and they're attacked by ice spiders. Is the basic sum of the episode. After they're, she just disappears when he's working on the ship. Oh yeah, she goes. She's like, just like, I'm going to go sit in the hot spring now. Well, she's an amphibian, you know, cold-blooded, so... I, I get yeah, it. Yeah, she has to go to the water planet with all the mist and the water and the fog, because she's got to be moist. Ugh, God Moist. Ugh, God moist. God. Stop it. <laughs> so, let's, let's talk about the obvious negative parts of the episode and why it's at the bottom. This episode is a side quest of the main mission. So it's just not as good as the main mission. Most of these other episodes, although there's another side quest episode we're going to talk about, most of these other episodes pretty much get you right to the point. They lead to the next step, which then leads to the next step. Well, this is a (laughs) I helped you, you helped me now thing, and he's doing the the payoff for getting help. Right. In the previous episode. And the whole reason... Right, and he's also helping her because she knows where there's other Mandalorians. Yes. Where, where he's going, there's others of his kind. So and, he's and and her husband can point him in the right direction. Correct. So it's not it's not so bad in that aspect. Now let's talk. It's just a side quest, and it's no, not. It's good not to... stopping to kill rats in some random in <laughs> basement, <laughs> right? Uh, or <clears throat> I love the Legend of Zelda: Twilight Princess, one of my favorite Zelda games, but that tutorial is like 25 missions long where you help rescue cats and go fishing. The only cool yeah. thing is once you become Wolf Link, you get to talk to the cats. And there's actually a side quest where if you talk to every cat in the hidden village, you get a you get an, a reward. And I like that because cats. Yes. And the dance, 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 and the dance, dance, dance. Now, if you don't like spiders, you're not going to like this episode. Oh, yeah, this is not an episode for arachnophobes. <laughs> so that it turns out all the lumps that are around the hot spring are eggs. Are eggs. <laughs> yeah, all those stalactites and st- or stalagmites, yeah, those aren't stalagmites. <laughs> Them spideys. When, when, I, when I realized that, I just turned to, turned to my Chris that I did the Mando cast with, and I was just like, oh, no. Oh, no. What if ice spiders? What if ice spiders? So here's, here are the positives here. The ice spider sequence is a damn good action sequence. Yes. There's a bit of tension because obviously he's trapped. His ship gets damaged, and he's not sure how the hell he's going he's gonna to even make it. So 
there's some good tension there. Of course, you know, as they said on Family Guy Star Wars, we got four or five of the main characters on the ship. I think we'll be fine. Yeah. But uh, this episode also has some great humor. As Mando realizes, <laughs> Baby Yoda's eating some of the eggs. Yeah, it's one of those things, like, every time we see him do it, it's like, what are you doing? No, stop, bad. The best part is when he picks him up, he goes, how many did you eat? And he just, like, kind of burps. You're just like, yeah. oh, god damn it. And then at the end of the episode, as they're limping off the planet, you know, the frog lady's just clutching the, the egg container to her chest. And I wonder if she realized that a bunch of them were gone. I don't know, but you know, Baby Yoda then just sort of turns back, just sort of like mentally shrugs, pulls out another egg from his from from his robe. Oh, I know, it's so it funny. <laughs> In fact, even so, yeah, so Baby Yoda almost wiped out this poor lady's bloodline. Yeah, like a lot. <laughs> yeah. So they get you know they run and they get into the ship, and it looks like everything's done, and they're all just gonna die now because of ice spiders and huge ice one spiders. shows up. And the big one is... And then the, the deus ex machina of this episode is Dave Filoni himself. <laughs> the, de the deus ex wing machina. As they return and kill all of them and they go, Hey, we know you're wanted, but we also know you did something really good for the Republic. So we're going to let you go this time. Coming back so, from yeah. the best episode of season one that we talked about. It's like you, bro you broke into a prison transport where one of our officers was killed, but... You left behind three wanted, a bunch of wanted criminals. So we're going to pretend we didn't see you. Yep, it's basically how it goes. So they essentially, in the end, they let him off with a warning. Yeah, it's like get that tail light fixed. He doesn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just get the tail light fixed. He needs more than the tail light fixed. I'll tell <laughs> Way you more by the end of this one. But <laughs> yeah, because these are trying times. But that's pretty much all there really is to say about this episode. It's a side quest. It's Necessary to advance the plot, but not ex not as necessary as the other stuff we're going to talk about. Right. But hey, this is the only bad episode, guys. There there are no other bad episodes well, of least or least good. Least good, exactly. Although when I think about it, it is probably in the bottom tier of the whole series, right around that egg. Yeah. Which of course, Mando's Mando's season episode two is again the least good. So we'll have, to see if, we'll have to see if that uh, that trend continues with season three. If there's an egg involved in season three, episode two. <laughs> yeah, because this is again, it's freaking eggs. Egg. It's a crate dragon egg this time. Oh. <laughs> yes. So now these uh, these next two episodes honestly could be interchangeable. That in in all honesty here, because like I said, they're right next to each other for a specific reason. They aren't... Uh, one's not really better than the other one. They're both pretty damn good. They just... They're not as important as the other episodes we're going to talk about. So at number seven on the list, I've chosen Chapter 12, The Siege. And again, this is kind of a side quest episode, but much more entertaining because we get Grief Karga, Cara Dune back. We get... A, we get Mithral back, which is Horatio Sands' character, and I never yeah, thought Mithral. Mithral. Yeah, I never thought we were going to see him again. That was actually a pleasant yeah. surprise. We get more good comedy with Baby Yoda just stealing a kid's cookies. 
Yeah, stealing a kid's macaroons. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. He just takes it from the kid, and then he vomits one up at the end, which is hysterical, because Mando's yeah. doing the frustrated <laughs> father thing, where he's trying to yeah. wipe up his kid that just threw up in the car. Yeah. And I think yeah, that's freaking Baby hysterical. Yoda had his baby Groot moment. For- <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, but so I put this one here because, again, it's another side quest. Not as essential to the overall but there story. there is a very important flop, but a plot very point important very plot important, point. So, Dan, important. take us through what's going on here. All right. So, uh, he still need this is he goes through three episodes needing repairs and only getting it partially done. This is when they finally get done. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and in record time too. <laughs> repairs done and the only place they can go back is if they go back to Corvus. Hey kid, you want to go meet them back again? Because we're going back. To Navarro. Yes, back to Navarro, yeah. Because <laughs> the repairs so they, he they got Corvus, yes. the repairs he got uh before this they were, can't they still can't get to Corvus. Really. They have to go yeah. to there. And then he meets up with the friends and they say, Hey, we got one last thing we could do to clean up this place. There's one Small base that's got a skeleton crew. We uh, just need to clean it out and they'll be gone from the planet and we'll be nice and secure. It's a simple job. In bang boom and then and then we're done and we're golden. In, in, yeah. in and out, Morty. Five minute adventure tops. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh spoiler alert, the base is not very big. Or not very small, I should say. It's not a skeleton crew. It's not a skeleton crew. There's something very important that they happens here. Yep. Oh, it's so. But that's kind of funny too. Is is the uh, that that's kind of what happens? Just it's basically what it boils down to. Her, hey, Mando's back. Let's get him to do this for us. And uh, he's not going to agree. Well, we'll just kind of fudge some of the details. Once he's in, he can figure it out for himself. Well, we're going to need more than just Mando. Well, I got this blue guy here. I'm sure he'd be happy to get a couple years knocked off his sentence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, every time he's like, no, I'm out. And I was like, well, if you do it. If you do this, I'll knock another 50 years off off your debt. Yeah, and if you're a long-living species, that might actually be a good thing, so. <clears throat> but, yeah, Mithral, Mithral was, a, was a source of a lot of good humor. In this, in it this was, episode. yeah. Uh, not the funniest returning guest star, however. No. We'll get to that. Yeah, a much better story on that one too. This he was really just here for the comedy, but it's Horatio Sands, so of course. Yeah. But we get some great action sequences with the stormtroopers, the uh, the some Tie fighters, uh, scouts on bikes. So there's a lot of good stuff going back. And there's a nice chase scene towards the end, where yeah. they literally do their like right off the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> they it's right off the cliff, right into the lava, and. Mando pulls the Han Solo where he's just like, woohoo, you're all clear, guys. Now let's blow this thing and go home. Except the thing had already been blown, so it's more like, let's just go home. Well, <laughs> then the child blew chunks, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, meanwhile, they left the child at a school. Yeah, yes. where he steals macaroons from a kid. And, macaroons. and he's just snacking on them the whole time. I recognize those because my sister gets those. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they were, right? Which is macaroons... It's just Macaron is like the name of the company. It's like Macaroon, but not quite spelled right. I love Macaroons. I would, 
I would have um, some. Apparently, they were they were uh, they were edible and they tasted really good. According to the they show. were they're essentially these cookies that they make different colors and flavors, and you can buy them online. And my sister's in it. <sighs> well, I know what I'm doing when we're done recording. I'm gonna get some cookies. All right, another, let's... another another, fu- another funny baby Yoda moment in the episode was when uh, Mando was trying to talk him through help- helping repair the repair the razor crest. Oh yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> just it's just like take the blue wire and plug it into where the red wire was. It's like telling baby Groot to not hit the button. Yeah. <laughs> now which he, button oh, do you oh, hit? Let the wires. No! <laughs> do you not know which buttons the? Do you not know which wires blue? And then he shocks himself. And then he just coughs out smoke. Oh, it's so funny. Like, it's, <laughs> you, you kind of want to feel bad for him, but at the same time, it's, you know. Yeah. It's it's just funny. So the big <sighs> thing is they find a console as they're on their way out. And oh, it's yeah. the doctor from the previous season. It's Dr. Pershing. And they have been taking the midichlorian. They took midichlorians from the child, and they're trying to make force-sensitive super soldiers. Yep. And, and there was a tank in there that looked like it had a partially developed Snoke in it. <laughs> to tie uh, in with uh, the sequel trilogy. I think so, yeah. But that's... Which makes sense, right? Because that was... Because right. we, we know, thanks to the sequel trilogy, that Palpatine was still around. There somehow was... Palpatine survived. Yes, yeah. the, the infamous <laughs> no, thing. No, no, it was somehow Palpatine has returned. Yes, yeah, one of those things. <laughs> yeah. just, just still one of the stupid... That would have been a better movie if that was just a movie. Yep. Oh, okay. But... I'm like, oh, what do you do it? Like, in a ten... Anyway, like anyway, anyway. Mandalorian. Big reveal. Big reveal, which... And, of course, there's going to be Dark Troopers. We see, we see some of them, too. Yep. It's going to be... Uh, Oh uh, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be big, and of course, and... we even get some backstory on Cara Dune. She was from Alderaan. Did well, you we lose... knew that already from the end of last season. Yes, Moff Gideon had had specifically identified her as being from Alderaan. But they kind of say it in passing. Here, they kind of just reconfirm: "You're from Alderaan. Did you lose anyone?" She said she lost everybody. So. That that makes her story more tragic, but of course we all know that this episode has to end with a with a cliffhanger style note because there's a tracking beacon on the Razorcrest. Yep, yep. One of Grief Cargo's most trusted workers is a double agent. Yep, because that's Cause how he even it goes says there. my two best and most trusted people will fix your ship. Yeah, I think he just said best. I don't know if he said uh-huh. trusted. Well, one of them. One. Well, he probably was the best. At fixing the ship. Mm-hmm. I mean, just... well, and and given that they got the ship fixed in like a couple of hours, to the point it looked like brand freaking new. I mean, you know, Pedro Martinez is one of the greatest pitchers, but he's still a sleaze, right? Like, yeah, right. So that's just he's, how it. He's good as he's good at what he does. That's why I keep him around. He's, he's not good a nice at what guy, he does. He's just hey. not a nice guy. John Rocker was a good closer, but. Yeah. Everybody's like, I tune in to hear Star Wars, not baseball. Other people are like, what? Who? Who? Who's John Rocker? Actually, I don't think you have to know anything about baseball. Know who John Rocker is? But some some interesting trivia from this episode: the there is a statue dedicated to IG Eleven in the town, which I thought was really oh, cool. I actually missed that. Yes, that was, that's they awesome. they've erected a statue to his heroics, and that's 
That's what well, makes yeah, it really exciting. He like he like single handedly, well, double handedly, wiped out like most of the stormtroopers in the town. <laughs> so I always found that to be really interesting there. <clears throat> but yeah, this is uh, like I said, it's a it, it's a good episode. There's nothing bad about this episode. It just it doesn't hold up in comparison to the other episodes. Yeah, and it's I put it right next to. Uh, the next episode we're going to talk about, number six on the list, which is the opener, Chapter 9, The Marshal. Which gets us all set and ready to go for the season. And it's a good oh, episode, yeah. it's just that the season gets better. That's what's cool oh, about yeah. these things. It was a great episode to kick off the season with. But of course, we gotta go back to Tatooine. Because of course we do. Because everything has to... Somehow, some way, this little desert planet on the Outer Rim it, it is essential to literally everything that happens in Star Wars. Tatooine might be the most important planet in the galaxy. Yep. So, Amy Sedaris is back. Yes, which was really cool. And, of course, I like the pit droids. I think they're funny. Yeah. But I also love the beginning of this episode, how he goes to see, like... Gamma Rian Ultimate Fighting. And, <laughs> yeah. And they got John John Leguizamo in there. And, of course, that's the famous scene from the trailer where everybody draws their guns. Mando pulls out his little birds. And, and Baby Yoda just goes, just, Nope! <laughs> just, just oh, nope. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a... Uh, I also love the... Uh, how he basically outsmarts the guy. He's like, I get him, I get, he gets his information and then he just basically just leaves him there. Yeah. Yeah, because it's on a planet where if it's dark, you'll just get destroyed by some kind of local wildlife. Yep, because you just see all the eyes moving in. Has to be lights on at all times. I'm wondering now if that's the planet from Pitch Black. Right. Well, I was already thinking there were going to be xenomorphs in that ice cave. So (laughs) (laughs) it's entirely possible. But yes, uh, Pelimoto, which is Amy Sedaris' character, is back. Very happy to see the baby. She's like, I'll I'll buy him from you. Just kidding. But if he does, but if he ever spawns, I'll buy the I'll buy the offspring. <laughs> basically, yeah, basically. And of course, they're like, we we've heard of another Mandalorian on Tatooine out at this super remote remote area that nobody ever visits. Watch Palgo because there used to be a mining town, but the mine got shut down after the. Well, it wasn't so much that it got shut down, so much the mining guild moved in. It was just sort of like, hey, guess what? You're still slaves. You work for us now. Yeah. He's like, I'm looking for a guy that looks like me. And sure enough, in walks Boba Fett's armor. Yeah. And that was your... The elephant. (laughs) Well, it's funny because we all knew that Boba Fett was coming back this season. That That wasn't a spoiler or anything. Not only did they announce Tamora Morrison's involvement... But he all, he flat out said, yes, I'm playing Boba Fett. So when he walked in, I'm like, that's not... Bo-. First thing I said to myself when I saw it, I'm like, that's not Boba Fett. They're they're teasing us with something. And sure enough, it's the guy found yeah, I, the armor. I looked at that guy. I'm like, that guy is way too scrawny to be Boba Fett. <laughs> right. Boba Fett would not let his armor look that bad. No, he would not. But And we got proof of that later in the season. But that's for later. It's Marshall Cobb Vanth character from some of the new novels yes which is pretty cool that that he's making his debut in here too and 
of course, as soon as he takes his helmet off, Mando's like, uh, that's it. You got to give me that armor. <laughs> yeah, you are not a Mandalorian. Give me give, that. give me the armor. But here comes a crate dragon to terrorize the town. We've got worm sign. Yes. So now now tremors taking place because we ass blasters. Uh, oh my going, god. I, I was going for a Dune reference, but okay. Yeah. Dune, tre- well, yeah, it's all. Yeah, it's, it's not even a worm, really. Well, I, but no, I was going it was behaved very similarly to a sandworm. Well, if you're going to walk without rhythm, you want to attract the worm. Well, what about the what about that? It's an old sarlacc pit. What about the sarlacc? It ate the sarlacc. Yeah, it's just like I've lived on. Tally Which confirms that they're called sarlaccs and not sarlacc pit monsters. They have right. a name. And they have Sarlacc. a name. It's called the Sarlacc. Yeah, it's like I've lived on Tatooine my whole life. There's no such thing as an abandoned Sarlacc pit. There is if you eat the Sarlacc. Exactly. <laughs> I heard that. I was like, oh. <laughs> so we learn his cool. sad, sad tale. Uh, about yes. being, he gets left out. Right? He gets left out in the thing and he gets saved by Jawas. And they want, what's the item he has that they want? Uh, that would uh, be, oh, he, it was he, a bunch he, of crystals. Yeah, he took some of the crystals from the mine. Yes, they wanted the crystals, and he's like, you know what? If you give me that armor, I can go back to town and get the mining collective to go away. And that's exactly what he does. Yep. Strolls into And so town. he's just been marshaling the town. Strolls into town with some big iron on his chest. Oh, yeah. With the big iron on his chest. Big <laughs> iron on his chest. But there's a lot of other cool stuff here, too, because we get more of the Tusken Raiders. Yeah. And, and they're always, they've always been depicted as savages, because that's how the first two trilogies always depicted them. But the reality is that they're, they have their own culture, and if you communicate with them, they can of service and they are here yeah especially if you have a mutual enemy in a crate dragon well yeah it's like they the the tuscans the tuscan raiders are you know they're just they're not very friendly to outsiders as long as you don't approach them with hostility they're willing to not treat treat you with hostility correct but if you throw if you throw down then you're going to th- end up throwing down with their whole tribe and it won't go well with go and it won't still, go well for you don't wander into their little tent village while you're looking through your binoculars. Yep. But just like, here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to wake up the dragon. going to grab onto it with giant spikes. And then we're going to blow a series of chargers. And they're like, oh, okay. But that didn't go very well the first time. It's just like, yeah, and the, and the little like model in the dirt with the rocks is like, that can't be to scale. And you just and Mando just signs to, to one of the Tuscans who signs back, and it's just like, it's to scale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is there is some good humor here. It's probably a good thing that uh, the baby doesn't have to get involved. Yeah. Because it lets Mando kind of focus on the task at hand. But what's really, what's really cool about, well, I shouldn't say what's really cool. What's really funny about it is the, uh, the lore out that doesn't work. Where the Tuscan leads the Bantha up to the front, and as he's running away, it comes out and goes right past the Bantha and eats him. Yeah, yeah. And, and Mando's like, they might be open to some fresh ideas. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually, they pull 
a full-on Men in Black slash Armageddon slash Starship Troopers and blow it up from inside. Yeah. It's, it's, it's too it's invulnerable from the outside. We have yeah. to go inside. It's, it's skin is too, it's too is impervious to our weapons. We'll have to attack it from the inside. And that's yes, exactly and what they do. Did. Yep. And then they find the they find the crate pearl inside. <laughs> Item get. Da-na-na-na. Da-na-na-na. Yep, you get the pearl. And what's great is you, you can hear that particular Tuscan as as they're lifting it up, do the do the Tuscan like victory cry, but it's like in a higher pitched voice because it's like a young Tuscan. Yeah, <laughs> that makes. And they all they all start celebrating. It's a good episode, but of course we got to talk about the very very last scene because well, Cobb we... gives him oh. the armor like he said he yeah. would. Yeah, and and they and they part and they part ways as friends. <laughs> yep, but who's watching him from afar? A guy it's that looks Samir Morrison. A guy that looks suspiciously like a clone. Because so he is one. And then there's his name in the credits, and you're just like, "Well, there we go." Tamira Morrison back again. Great reveal. So that takes care of those two episodes here. Now we're going to talk about five episodes that are really, really, really good. Uh, and again. I got two of them right here that are amazing. Actually, I should probably say three of them are amazing, and then two are even more holy shit than that. Yeah. So we'll start off with uh, number five on the list, and it, I can't believe that this is in the bottom tier because of how good it is. That just means four episodes were better. Chapter 11, The Heiress. We get <laughs> a huge reveal on this one as we finally meet Bo-Katan in person yes also this episode has some really funny friggin moments that beginning part is hysterical where mando's trying to land the ship with the frog lady and yep, he's coming in hot and you just see there's a there's a mon calamari wearing a seer sweater just standing there watching him and it's that great that great comedic moment where he stops right before the landing pad like he aced it and then the ship just crashes into the water and the guy just shakes his head and walks off yeah so the, yeah now, great great little opening again these are five of the best episodes in all of the mandalorian not just yet yeah, not just like season one versus season two but like the whole damn thing is uh the frog lady gets reunited with her husband and sure with enough frog dad yep and the sure. three remaining children they have yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and he's... What's nice is that, again, they babysit the kid, so the kid doesn't have to get involved with the big stuff that's going to happen. But but he's, but he's still eyeing the now-fertilized eggs like they're, I know. Little, uh, like they're little baby Yoda nuggies. Oh, there's a payoff to that, too, at the end. That's even better. But... what What's so great about this episode is that he goes and, you know, he goes into the bar and he, he gets some quarrens. And of course, we all know Mon Calamari and Quarrens don't get along. So if you're wondering who the the heel's going to be, shouldn't have been that much of a surprise. Mm-hmm. So he's just like, "Hey, he goes check this out. Get on the boat, and I'll take you to your kind." And now watch us feed this giant animal. And as soon as the as soon as the cage opens up, he friggin' throws Baby Yoda's pram into the water, and the creature eats it. 
Mando jumps in and they lock him in there so they can get the Beskar. Wait, just waiting for him to drown. Basically, yeah. Well, they're like, and they're they're stabbing him and everything. All of a sudden, here come three Mandalorians, wielding blasters, ev- kill everyone, save the baby, save Mando. And Mando's so happy to see his own kind. And then what do they do? They take they, their helmets off. They <laughs> take the helmets off. And he immediately has a shit fit. <laughs> yep. Because and you're like, oh, you're one of those cultists. Yeah, you're ones. one of those. That's the best part, too, is he's talking to watch. (laughs) He's talking to the heiress of the planet. He doesn't even realize who she is. And he's trying to sass her. She's like, dude, screw you. I'm more Mandalorian than you are. I was born on Mandalore, motherfucker. (laughs) Yeah. I didn't have the prequels literally ruin my childhood like you did. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, that's the... uh... The big reveal. Katie Sackhoff. Yeah, no, her childhood got ruined in between the prequels that was done animated. Oh my god, yeah. It's so (laughs) crazy. And of course, Katie Sackhoff has two Mandalorians on her side. One of which is one of your favorite people. My all-time favorite female wrestler, Sasha Banks. Mercedes Renato is using her real name. Which we had... Which, okay, so I got to talk about this, which I always thought was really funny, but there was, like, that rumor in early 2020 that her, her like, hiatus in January and February was to shoot scenes for The Mandalorian, and then we never heard anything more about that. Like, suddenly Sasha Banks is back on TV wrestling, and those rumors are gone, and I remember Googling stuff near the trailer release and being like, you know, I can't find any article that's later than February, so... Maybe this just didn't happen, and it's just a, a rumor. And then the trailer hits, and she's the first new character you see in the trailer. It's that scene where you see her watching Mando with the Quarrens, so they knew where to go. And, and she's Casca Reeves. Yep, character's name is Casca Reeves. And the other character's pretty cool, too. Axe Wolves, yeah. Uh, the, the actor's name is Simon, I'm gonna, I think it's Cassie Andes? Something. He is very. He's one of those guys where you're like, "Hey, it's that guy." Yeah, because he's been in Agents of Seal, Shield, Quantum of Solace. And you're just like, "Hey, it's that guy from that thing that I've seen." Yep, he's pretty good. He does voice acting work too, because he's been in How to Train Your Dragon, and he was in the some of the Toy Story shorts that they did. But he's always like, he's never a main guy. He's just a guy, and that's additional fine. voices. <laughs> And this is Sasha's first official acting credit. Like, because mm-hmm. every other credit that she has is a WWE credit. This is actually the first time she did something that wasn't as Sasha as Sasha Banks. She was Mercedes. And she was chosen specifically by Jon Favreau because he wanted somebody from WWE and he specifically wanted her. And yep. they, he even worked around her schedule. So, nice. like, I remember she was so flattered by that. Because she mentioned that on the Broken Skull sessions with Steve Austin. She talks about Mandalorian. Steve Austin's like, how the hell that happened? But, like I said, I trust John Favreau. What? And if I'm not mistaken, this was... Uh, this was the uh, Bryce Dallas Howard episode, right? Yeah, yep. Bryce Dallas Howard. Is the... So Bryce Dallas Howard got to direct 
Katie Sackhoff as her on-screen debut of Bo-Katan, which I also thought was cool because Katie Sackhoff was the voice of Bo-Katan yep. in the cartoons. So I liked, because I remember, you remember when they first announced that we were going to get live-action Ahsoka and everybody flipped out that it that it wasn't the voice actor? And I'm just yeah. like, yeah, but they picked Rosario Dawson, and that seems like a pretty damn cool Yeah, cool I don't selection. think she fits the part physically. Um... Uh, the voice actress. No, I don't think so either. But still, it was it was really cool to see. We so, word is when they created the character of Bo-Katan, Filoni told her that someday, maybe someday, you'll get to play her physically. And lo and behold, he knew something. <laughs> yeah, he knew something. One hundred percent knew something. <laughs> maybe maybe that or it's just sort of like you know i'm gonna try to get a, a live action something for her to do as bo-katan I just had that on his on his on his like to-do list sort of thing and then along comes the mandalorian and he's like i know what i can use katie sackoff for dude dave filoni has so many secrets under that damn cowboy hat i'm telling yeah. you like he's holding he on to the secrets of liking the prequels yeah, make an animated series about the prequels. <laughs> Show the actual Clone Wars, and holy... I mean, how many prequel characters did he do justice to? He even made he made Jar Jar tolerable. That is called talent. I believe that is called a miracle. <laughs> we are not worthy. The Bombad Jedi. So, yes, so... Katie, Katie Sackoff will, she reveals who she is. She's Bo-Katan. She's part of, of clan, is it Kreese or Kreese? Kreese, I believe. Kreese, yeah. She's part of the clan. She's the heiress to the throne. It was her sister that was on the throne. Mm-hmm. That's a whole other thing to talk yeah. about. Because Go watch my, the Clone Wars. <laughs> my God. Yeah, there's a whole, there's like five people that are in charge <laughs> during that series. Yeah. And one of them at one point is Darth Maul. <laughs> yep. Yeah. No, just Maul. He wasn't Darth. Oh, anymore. yeah, he was just Maul. Yeah. I've talked about this before. If you're if you're talking about lame Star Wars characters and just going off the movies, Darth Maul is on that list. Because yes. he looks scary and doesn't actually do anything very scary. Well, I mean, you can say the same for fucking Boba Fett. Boba Fett would also be on the list. It was Darth Maul and Boba Fett make every one of those lists. And then along comes... Dave Filoni, and he's like, you guys, these guys deserve relax, their badass relax. cred. I, I got this. Yeah. <laughs> guys, just relax. I got this. Trust the cowboy hat, guys. Trust the damn cowboy hat. So the whole idea is that they're, Bo-Katan's plan is to retake Mandalore. So what she's basically doing here is she's seizing anything she can to assist with this. In this yeah. case, she wants to hijack an entire Imperial cruiser. Well, not really a cruiser, tells, but well, she tells she tells Mando she only wants the weapons that it's transporting. Oh and yeah, then but once she... they're on board, she's like, uh, "I'm altering the deal." Oh yeah, pray it's... that I do not alter it further. Exactly. She <laughs> hits a great little callback to that. <laughs> she hits him with "This is the way," and I marked and out I... so hard for that. <laughs> when she did that, I was like, "Oh, that's sneaky." But it, but Mando can't go against it. <laughs> of course not. Because he gave his word. But he does. So he's like, yeah, if we're going to do this with four, we need a plan. So they f- formulate a plan. They get on board the ship. 
They blast their way through. They trap a bunch of Imperials in the cargo hold. That was a great comedy moment, too, with the commander. (laughs) Where are you guys locked in? We're in the cargo area, and then the door opens, and they all go flying. And that's so funny. Such easy comedy, too. And then you get the, uh, the trash talk. And she's like, yeah, I'm taking this ship, and I'm taking out all of you. And then they get a call from base saying, telling Titus Welliver, well-known character actor. I was yeah. like, hey, it's him. And tells him to kill everybody and crash the ship. Pin the, thr- pin the throttle and drive it into the ground. Long live the Emperor. Long live the Empire. The Empire. Well, apparently long live the Emperor, too. Yes, but they didn't <laughs> specify the Emperor. They just said the Empire. Oh, that's such a good scene, too, where you get that moment of realization on the, the young pilots' faces where they're just like, oh, oh, F. Yeah, they they have a moment to re- like one moment to realize. Oh, we're, we're oh going. no, and then and then like bam, bam. <laughs> yeah, if they're on board the ship, it's already too late. You know what you have to do, and he's it becomes a suicide mission. But they they have they do take the ship, and as Bo-Katan is saying, "Where is Moff Gideon?" He says, "I'll never tell you because either way, I'm a dead man." And he takes he's a like, cyanide capsule. Yeah, and Bo-Katan tells him, I'll let you live if you tell if uh, you give me the information. He's and like, he yeah, right. Like, he won't let me live. Yeah. So. I'm dead either way, so screw this. I'm out. And yeah, I'll, and I'll give that captain credit that, you know, you know he, ha- he had some convictions there, even if it was just sort of like, uh, you'll, you know, if you spare me, what Gideon does to me is not going to be fun. So, nah, I choose my death. Yes. <laughs> What's also interesting is that we know that Bo-Katan was the last person in possession of the Darksaber, but we don't quite know how yet. We don't know how she lost it to Gideon. Yes, but we learn things about the Darksaber along the way. But yeah, this is is such a great episode. This was the first episode I actually went back and rewatched immediately for this season. And yeah, then I ended up doing that. Oh, it was a good episode too. <laughs> oh, and I want to. They're gonna they're gonna part ways, and he's like, "Are you gonna just tell me what I need to know?" And he's like, "Fine, go to yeah, Caladan yeah. on Corvus. Meet Ahsoka Tano. Tell her that Bo-Katan credit." Sent you. Oh, that's the best part. And so there you will find Ahsoka Tano, and hearing the name drop, <laughs> you're just like and my friends just start marking out. <laughs> just like there it is. <laughs> she said it. It's like when they say the title of the movie. They said the thing. They said the thing. <laughs> they said it. Yeah, it's <laughs> great. It's a great ending, and it really gets you like antsy to see what happens next. That's actually oh, yeah. why I was a little disappointed. That's probably why I put the siege as low as I did, because I wanted Ahsoka in the next episode. And then when I realized I was getting Ahsoka one episode later, I was happy, but I was also a little disappointed. Fortunately, they gave me Horatio Sands. But they gave me Horatio Sands back, and I don't really think Grief Karga does much else on this season either, other than that episode. Like, yeah, we get Cara Dune back, but he doesn't really come back. Well, there's still season three. No, I just mean, like, for this season, yeah, it's not... It was cool to see him, so... 
But yeah, a fantastic episode, which puts us into the top tier now. This is where it gets really hard, really fast. That's what she said. Yes. I actually, <laughs> I actually feel bad putting this episode only fourth because this episode has Bill fucking Burr in it. Oh, yeah. The yes. Chapter 15, The Believer. And they do some of the best character creation in this episode than they did in with, with some of their entire prequel and sequel characters. By yeah. far. So, uh, yes, but Mayfield yeah. is yeah. back. May- Mayfield got more character development in this this episode than Ray got in all three sequel trilogy movies. Which is a shame because Ray was such a great character, too. Same with Finn. And he's like in the same boat as Finn. Oh, yeah. Exact same boat as Finn. Finn was a fantastic character, too. And there was so much more they could have done with it. But <laughs> so let's talk about this episode here and what, what basically goes down. You want to take the wheel again, Dan? This is this is episode seven, chapter fifteen, the believer. <laughs> and then I saw her face. Um, <laughs> back in town. Okay, so the previous episode ends with, "Do you know where Miggs Mayfield is? Because we're gonna go get him." Yeah, it's just oh yeah, yeah. There's that's a right. great uh, teaser Mando, for that. Mando's like, I'm putting the crew together, you know. And Cara <laughs> Dune's like, Nah, I've got a job here. And he's like, They took the kid. And she's like, You son of, son a, of a bitch! I'm in. <laughs> yes, I was hoping that was the direction you were going in. You wait till we do Chris Ranks the Universe on Rick and Morty, because uh, that's coming. So we are at this. Do they even tell us the name of the planet or anything? It's just a big yard. Remind Morak. me of the yeah. remind called, me of the planet where we find them all. It's in, called Morak. Uh, it's a combination okay. of Brack and Zorak. Okay. <laughs> and um, Moltar, apparently. Morak. <laughs> and so yeah, it reminded me of where that where uh he finds Maul. Uh it's just a big planet that's a big scrap heap. Scrap heap. And it can be a lot of things hiding in there. But it's essentially they have prison detail. Prison, yeah, prisoners doing scrap work, taking parts and stuff. And he is one of them, and he's doing his job. And then someone's like, "Someone's here to see you." And he goes, and he's told that he has to go with the marshal. And he's yeah, like, yeah. "Okay." And then he look, looks over, and there's the Mando, and he's like, "Nah, I'm not nah. going." <laughs> nah. No, it's, um, yeah, see, he sees, uh, yeah, he sees her and he's like, I thought it was going be somebody else. And then Mando walks down the ramp of the slave of slave one. And he's just like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, just that, that <laughs> big realization here. So, yeah, so now they, they're going to they got to get inside this Imperial facility because we'll talk about this in a in a later episode. But. Our lovely baby Yoda. I'm still calling him that because I want to save that for the when we yeah. talk about it. Our lovely baby Yoda has been kidnapped, and we need to get into this facility and, and figure out where he's located and find Moff Gideon and all this. And they're yeah. like, "Well, we can do this, but they've got face scanners and everything, and if they recognize you on the record as a criminal, then it's going to be an issue." So Cara Dune can't go, and Fennec can't go, and Boba Fett can't go. 
So that leaves that leaves uh, Mayfeld and Mando. This is basically exactly what happens. But so the plan is in uh, in stormtrooper armor, essentially. So yeah, plan is they have to take out the the people running. Uh, what is it? A transport carrying the explosive mineral Rhydonium. Yep. Uh, they take them out, take their outfits, and drive the truck with these explosives, which means you can only go so fast. Yep. And they end up going through towns where the people hate them because the Imperials completely fuck their planet. Yep. Yep. There's damn pirates. pirates. And yeah, and so not only is it the regular people, there are freedom fighters trying to take the shit back. No, they're not trying to take it back. They're just trying to destroy it. They, they it destroy two of the transports. If we can't have it, then yeah. neither can you. Yeah. So they're just trying, you know, to fight back against the Empire. He's like, go faster. I can't. It'll blow up. <laughs> All right. So. But when so, they. Oh, but they get in. And then who does Mayfield recognize immediately? Uh, his old commanding officer. And it's uh, what the it's a uh, Richard Brake is the actor. Yeah, he's one of the he's one of those guys again. Like we said a few times yeah, already, we've seen him before. Fallon Hess, that was the name. It's of the Fallon kid. Hess. Richard Brake is Fallon Hess. And of course, uh, they're like, well, there's the terminal. But again, it's facial scan. They know they're going to know who I am, so they have to scan you to make sure you're not. Well, no, it wasn't that. Uh, Mayfeld didn't want to go in there because it was essentially the officer. It was like the mess hall, but Valen Hess was in there and he didn't oh, trust yeah. himself to keep himself under control if he went in that room. Right. So and it, it has to be a facial scan. So he's got to take the helmet off. So he does. And, yep. He does take the helmet off. Now there's and you can tell it immediately. He's just like, fuck, what did I just do? <laughs> yeah. But now, which is there's, there's a whole conversation between the two of them about, yeah, but you keep breaking yeah. the rules you set because you have you feel you have to, and there's going to eventually come a point where you're going to break that last rule, and he does it this episode. Yep, that's a great character moment too because not only yeah, that, it builds that whole both conversation of them. between the two of them on that on that transport was some was some really good work. It's like you hate me because I did awful things, but you're starting to do awful things and you're breaking your own rules. And it's just like things happen. You know, yeah, and he makes a point about it's like whatever helps you sleep at night, kind of thing. That sometimes we have to do things we don't want to and wouldn't normally do. Exactly. So he does the scan. He gets the information, and then Valen Hess spots them. He's like, "Who the hell are you?" And Mayfeld walks up, tries to schmooze his way out of there, but then. And he's like, oh, hey, you're the guys that got through and actually delivered the stuff. You're fucking hero of the day. Come and eat. Have a drink with me. Yeah, let me buy you a drink. (laughs) And man, Valen Hess, you know, you knew he was going to be a scumbag and a really awful scumbag from the way that Mayfeld was acting about him. But that scene where he's talking about uh oh all oh, the guys that died about about burning con and uh yeah and all that and it's just like oh my I, God. he doesn't give a shit what happened to all the people who died and, and, he's, and he's and he's proud about what they're pl- about, about what the remnant is planning is going to be worse than burning con 
you know, and I'm talking about how what people want at the end of the day is order. You know, the little. So he talks for like four or five minutes. Yeah. And then Mayfield just stands up and shoots him in the face. (laughs) And then shoots the other stormtroopers that are in the that are in the cafeteria. And they're like, "Well, shit, we gotta go." (laughs) But then he grabs he grabs uh, Mando's helmet. Turns around, turns his head and hands it to him. Just goes, I didn't see your face. And now he's trying to be so respectful about everything too. After mocking him the first yeah. time they met with their with their history, and he's like, you know, oh, you know. And it wasn't just mocking him the first time they met. He sort of mocked the whole thing uh, while they were on the transport earlier. It's just like, is it a, is it a case if you can't take the helmet off or you can't show your face because they're not the same thing? Right, and that's that, that's the truth. That it's two completely different things. But, but yeah, they, they get out, they get, everybody's extracted, and then the best part is Mando and Cara Dune just being like, ah, it's a real shame Mayfield didn't make it out, huh? Yeah. And he's, and he's like, wait, what, wait, what? what? <laughs> and they left. He's like, yeah, I just got shut down. like. That. <laughs> well, and Mayfield also got to show that he is indeed a sharpshooter. Yes. During during the escape, when they get on to the to the ship, he borrows Boba's cycler rifle, shoots the Rhydonium that they that they had delivered, and blows up the whole refinery. And he's like, "I needed to be able to sleep tonight at night." Yeah, it's but so it's just great. like they, he shot that thing at distance and hit it pinpoint perfect. Yeah. So then they realize he's going to be like the leader of the resistance for this planet now. Yeah. So they let him go. <laughs> Maybe and not that. that. Maybe not that. But they're just sort of like. You know, if we return, you know, be too much of a hassle, we'd be going out of our way having to take him back. You well, know here's what, what I've here's what I've learned from season two of The Mandalorian: if the character doesn't die, they're coming back. Yes, <laughs> even if the character does die, they come back because this, this episode has Fennec in it. We haven't talked about what happened to her, but she's oh, there on this episode. She's there. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, we'll, we'll, be talking, we'll be talking about her. We'll be talking about her in a few, in a, in one of the next uh, episodes. We talk. We about sure her. will. But yeah, this is this is such a fantastic episode, top to bottom. Great, great story advancement. Great Bill action. Bird, Real Bird did some great acting in the scene when Valen Hess is talking, and you can see he is just like his face is ticking. Teeny. Yeah, you now, can see the you can see his eyes. You know. Going, going red, you know, from tears as he's trying to keep himself in check. You ever notice? And, and even Mando is is noticing it, and he's just like glances at him, just shakes his head, like, no, no, don't. Have <laughs> you ever noticed that co- comedic actors very often, when they're put into a good serious role, often hit it out of the park? Not all of them can, but the ones you wouldn't expect, like after seeing what a goofball Robin Williams was, the first time I ever saw Goodwill Hunting. I was blown away by how good he was in that. I've often heard it said that comedic acting is actually harder than dramatic acting. I've also heard that too, yes. Because trying to make somebody laugh, I think, is is harder than trying to make somebody angry or cry. Right. It takes more... It, well, it's that old wrestling philosophy, right? It's easier to be a heel than a babyface. Yep. It just is. There's. It's not really a question. It's... It's your mother, and your mother's a mother. But yeah, Bill Burr knocks it out of the park, and I know he's coming back at some point. Oh, this episode ends 
with Mandalorian sending a message to Moff Gideon. It's essentially the same message Moff Gideon sent to him in season one. Yeah. Oh, that's such. A... You may think you, you may think you know what you have, but you do not. <laughs> you have something I want. He is more precious to me than you will than you. It's can like ever it's imagine. like a word for word recreation of yeah. the message, and you know, it's like Moff Gideon knows if there's one thing you do not want to be on the on the other end of it's Mandalorians with perp. You're right, because he was there when you know uh, Mandalore fell. So this, yeah, it's gonna be, oh, it's gonna be intense. Oh yeah, but it gets, it gets better. It somehow gets better than that. Mm-hmm. At number three on the list, we're gonna finally talk about what we've been avoiding talking about. Chapter thirteen: The Jedi, the live-action debut of Rosario Dawson. And the big uh, reveal that Baby Yoda has an actual name. Yes. <laughs> and I remember some people shit on it at first, but I kind of like Grogu. It's not so bad. Yeah. Star Wars has it, way worse names. Oh yeah. <laughs> so I yeah I don't I don't hate that. I don't know why everybody is so aggressive against Grogu, but I don't think they are anymore. I just think it's a. It was just one of those things that's just like, I don't want him to have a name. He's Baby Yoda. <laughs> the best part about this episode is right at, they don't waste any time. Right at the beginning, there's Rosario Dawson with her twin lightsabers as Ahsoka Tano. And they're white lightsabers because she's not a true Jedi. Nope. And we realize that she's still just as damn good as she was when we saw her in Clone Wars and in Rebels. She just she takes out all these guards to the leader, Morgan Elsbeth. Elsbeth. Yep. And Lang, her lieutenant. And you're <laughs> like played by Michael Bean. Yes. Recognize that right away. I was like, oh shit, that's Michael Bean. <laughs> yeah. You may know him from such movies as The Terminator. It's where I recognize him from, at least. So and he was in an alien. It was in the first alien. Mm-hmm. And he was in the Rock, but he dies very early. <laughs> yep. I just watched the first alien. Been a long time since I'd seen it. Watched it over Halloween this past year, as one of my Halloween watches. Because the first alien is a straight up horror movie. Yep. Aliens is horror, but a bit more action. And then when you get to Alien versus Predator, it's all action. But oh yeah, kind of like Freddy versus Jason was. Much more of an action movie than a horror movie, but but yes, Ahsoka says you've got a day to surrender, and then I want the location of your master. And of course, you're thinking the master's gonna be Moff Gideon. Gideon. Well, we'll get to that. Yep, <laughs> you would be wrong. That's all we're gonna say for the moment. <laughs> so, of course, Mando gets in, no problem. And it's just like, why are all these people hung up and being tortured? And she's like, well, I'll tell you what. I've got a problem with a Jedi. Go kill him. And I got this nice Besker staff. You can have it. Yep. It's just secure. You can tell. Flick it. <laughs> yep. Get it on the ground. <laughs> and these get sent on his way. But Diana Lee Inosanto is... Morgan. Yes. Elspeth. But 
he actually gets found first. He was like, and, well, I'm looking for her anyway, so I mean, I might as well. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but as soon as she's just like, she goes after him. He's like, wait, 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 hold on. I know who you are. Bo-Katan sent me. And she's like, like, well, I hope yeah, it's about it's, him. It's like, Kotaro. Bo-Katan sent me. And then she's like, whoa. <laughs> okay. It's like, I hope it's about him. And we realize that they can communicate through the Force, feed each other's thoughts, which, again, is another Force power that has sort of been talked about. And we kind of saw that in the sequel trilogy, but now we get to see it actually on display in a much better and deeper setting. Because, okay, sure, like, Rey and Kylo could force communicate, right? But this is Ahsoka force communicating with a creature that is incapable of direct speech yet. That just shows how powerful the force can be. Mm-hmm. And we learned the entire backstory that he was a Padawan, and then when the attack happened... He was hidden away. That's also know who by, but yes, that also goes along with the theory that Grogu. Yes, he's fifty, but the reason he's not developed past infant status is because he wasn't allowed to while he was hidden. He didn't develop any skills. He didn't develop any speech because he's been hiding for twenty years. Yeah, based. I think I I think they did the timeline. He was only like. 10 when the attack happened or like 10 or like 15 which in his species probably is still pretty damn infant like so yeah that explains it and we get the name Grogu and he's only the second living being of his species that she's ever encountered of course the first is Master Yoda we I know there was another member of Yoda's species in Phantom Menace but we never saw anything past her she even had a name too Yaddle yeah, Yaddle. Yaddle. I remember that. But she's not... I don't think she's present in Attack of the Clones at all, which means that she probably died between those movies. Because that's generally what happens to a lot of them. So... Yes, Grogu actually had to hide his powers, and that's why his force usage is pretty off. And there is fear and anger in him. And he's repressing these memories, and he's actually losing his powers. So Soka's like, I can't train him, because all that fear, anger, and resentment. She's I've seen already. What that, she has oh, seen what that she has definitely people. seen that before. Oh yeah. Uh, and you know she's gonna get. I. You know she's going to get a moment somewhere down the line with the person, the big reveal from the last episode. Oh yeah. You know that's gonna happen, and it's gonna be incredible when it does. Oh, I cannot wait for that. And he's just like, well, look, here's the deal. I'll take care of this lady for you. And in return, you train him. She's like, all right. (laughs) Well, but don't take this guy lightly. Uh, She's one of those people who helped build the Starfleet. She still lives in it. He's like, yes, but I've got the element of surprise because no one's going to expect a Mandalorian and a Jedi to work together. And and they'd be right. (laughs) They were entirely right because they actually do a pretty good job of taking the city. There's that great moment with Lang, the confrontation. They kind of talk shit to each other. Well, no, it's mostly (laughs) Lang talking shit at Mando who's just standing there just sort of like, you know, because by that point, Ahsoka's gone in to confront the Magistrate and Mando's just basically holding the door so Lang can't 
to try to try to help her out. Yeah. <laughs> While Lang's just trying to taunt him, and Mando's just standing there taking it, just sort of like because you know he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> right. We also learn very very quickly that lightsaber cannot beat Beskar. Nope. We know that the whole purpose of the lightsaber is it can cut through most surfaces. Beskar is not one of them, and that's why Beskar is so sought out as an armor. Because you and can it, even and especially why it was so important to the Mandalorians because they'd been fighting with the Jedi for so long. Exactly. So but I have information on Yaddle. Okay. Oh, After the Battle of Naboo, she took a less active role in Jedi affairs, and by the time the Clone Wars started, she was completely gone from the council. She was replaced by Shock T. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. And that's all we really know about her, right? Pretty much. But. Yeah, but uh, Ahsoka does win the duel. And then she gets the the reveal. Where's your oh. master? But it's not Gideon. Where is Grand Admiral Thrawn? Uh, I marked out so oh, hard same, for that one. Same. Um, it was one of those things where I think that was when uh, Wellick, my partner on the Mando cast, was uh, not able to join me for uh, watching and recording because of his work schedule. Uh, but... It was one of those things I was like, you got to watch the episode as soon as you can. <laughs> so we can, and then, you know, I want to hear your thoughts because, yeah, we both just sort of. Thrawn, if Thrawn isn't dead, then that means a certain young Jedi might not be dead either. Bridger. Correct. Because that's the, because we, we, both of their fates are unknown at the end of Rebels. Yep. Because they get taken by those uh, animals. Space whale things. Yeah, those space whale things. Space whales. They have a name, but it's but it's been a while since I watched the show, so <laughs> I don't remember their name. Yeah, but it's uh, but we know we know that they're they've tapped the actor from the live action Aladdin to play Ezra Bridger, so that might be happening. That'll be exciting, and is that going to tie into the live action Ahsoka show, which has been confirmed? Which means we probably won't get him in The Mandalorian, but we kind of know that's going to happen because of how this ends. I think that there are some events that Mandalorian's going to start going in a different direction than we were expecting. Well, Mandalorian has to go in a completely different direction now because now there's nothing for him to do. Right. Well, there is something for him to do, and we're going we're gonna to get to that. But yeah. I think the Ahsoka show is where we're going to get the, uh, yeah. the Ezra, and we're going to get live action Thrawn. So just stay tuned for that. Also interested to see what she does, because at the end of Clone Wars, she buries her lightsabers and leaves. So where did she go and make new ones that are exactly the same but are white instead? Or did she get them back? Or We don't know. Oh, that ending scene of Clone Wars is such an emotional gut punch with Darth Vader oh, discovering. Oh, yeah. oh, it's so crazy. But, uh... There's some... There's some awesome Darth Vader comic book stuff where he like goes back in time to save Padme and he sees people and there is some great stuff in comics. Yeah. Of him dealing with his shit. That he yeah. Did. Well, unfortunately, Ahsoka does not hold up her end of the deal even though she promised, but she has an alternate plan because see, Grogu sees Mando as a father. 
and doesn't really want to be split from him. So she says, here's what you should do. There's in the ruins of an old temple on the planet Tython, take Grogu there, place him on a seeing stone and have him reach out to the force. He can then decide to continue his training. And if his calls are answered by another Jedi, he'll be trained. Otherwise, his powers will just fade away. And he goes, okay, well, then that's what I'm going to do. And he'll classify himself as obsolete. (laughs) Exactly. And now we come to the last two episodes we're going to talk about. These are the holy shit, this, I don't know how it can get better than this, these episodes. These are top tier Star Wars storytelling at their best. Oh, yeah. 100%. So our penultimate episode in the number two spot is chapter 14, The Tragedy. And as soon as you hear the word tragedy, you're just like, oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. Directed Uh, by Robert Rodriguez. And not filmed at the volume because they had to do lots of floaties and stuff. So they had to go somewhere physical and do a shot out there. Yeah, uh, it's so crazy. So, of course, Mando arrives on Tython. He's got Grogu and he's getting them all set up and then he realizes that he's not alone here comes a ship ship and it's and that's the slave friggin one and everybody watching as soon as they saw that ship were just like oh oh (laughs) we knew where this was going we knew where this was going well this is episode six as we've waited this all long we also this is also where that tracking beacon comes back into play Oh, yeah. So. Because we knew that there was still a tracking beacon on there. And as soon as he just started detecting another ship, we're like, oh, no, it's Moff Gideon. And then it's Slave One. It's like, oh, oh. I've been tracking you, Mandalorian. Ever since you were on Tatooine. You've got something I want. If you want the kid, you'll have to kill me for him. No, I don't want the kid. I don't want the kid. I want my armor back. Your armor? Are you? Yeah, so, yeah, they start to fight. And then. Yeah, did you take the code? But he realizes he can't he he doesn't have a bargaining tool because there's Fennec Shand mm-hmm. back from the dead. She's alive because he made the parts of her that were going to die a robot. Yep, because that's how yep. Star Wars works. Yep. And so he shows his family lineage. And then you find out that Well the the, the family lineage came at the end of the episode, but yes. <laughs> oh yeah, he shows them at the end, yes. But yeah, he talks about his he, was, he, he is a true yes. Mandalorian. He doesn't no, get to do anything because they get attacked like right away. <laughs> yep. Well, and there, but there was a great moment when uh, Mando asks him who he is, and he's like, "I'm just a simple man making his way in the galaxy." Oh which yeah, is the same line that his fa- that his father had used. Yep. <laughs> so great. I only know a man named Tyrannus. The uh, the action here is insane too because the Robert, this is one of the best <laughs> battle scenes in all of Star Wars history. Yes, Robert Rodriguez, man, did a it's three guys guys against a ton of three people against a bunch of shit stormtroopers. Mando's wow. yeah, Mando's melee guy. Fennec is sharpshooter girl. Grogu is at one with the Force. And does nothing yeah, he's to being, he's he's going all golden yeah. style. He's <laughs> finally doing it after like not doing it like five times, <laughs> and they're like, "We gotta go." And he's like, "Shit, he's actually doing it now." <laughs> and there's Boba Fett back in his armor 
with a gaffy stick that he stole from the Tuscan Raiders and just well, no, start... he, he first he kicks the ass of all those stormtroopers without the armor, just the gaffy <laughs> stick. And yeah, it's freaking badass. But then when he goes yeah. full on Boba Fett armor, yeah, because they're starting to get their they're finally starting to get their ass kicked, and he's like, "Fuck it," and he goes, he sees the. Well, Jesus no, he's thing. just, yeah, he's still whooping their ass. And then he sees the Razor Crest is open, and he's just like, fuck it. I'm getting my armor back. And he goes and get it, and just whoop ass, dude. Yep. The second, the moment he showed up wearing that armor, I was like, oh, daddy's home. <laughs> and then they start whooping the ass, and then Grogu finally finishes what he's doing. And then all of a sudden, these robots come flying down and just grab him. So, yep. yeah, it's great Land, because yoink, the ships try to <laughs> retreat, and Boba Fett... Boba Fett actually takes them both down, although he was only aiming for one. Well, no. The one that the rocket hit was not the one he was aiming at. Right, that's why it's funny. He just happened to when Mando's Mando's like, nice shot. He's like, I was aiming for the other one. (laughs) And Moff Gideon fires a shot from space and destroys the Razor Crest. Yeah. I mean, like seeing that moment was just like no yeah i know that was that was a tragedy yeah it's like man because now you're you're attached to the ship just like you're attached to the characters i mean the razor crest was as much a character as any of the the people just like as hell was just like the falcon is as much a character as any other as any other person in in any of the hell is an aluminum falcon (laughs) i mean it you it's a tragedy just seeing what ha- just seeing like Luke's X-wing get shot down or something, right? Like, right, exactly. You don't want to see these things, but so the dark troopers have the child. Boba Fett goes to take them out, but Mando doesn't want to risk it, so he just stands him down. <clears throat> but they and uh, earlier they said that they would help him protect the child, and they said, "Well, we have to go get the child now, don't we?" So we're still. And Mando's like, that wasn't part of the arrangement. He's like, you know, no, we said we would help protect the child. We said the child got taken, so until, we are still in your debt. <laughs> right until the child's safe, we're with you. And yeah, he does. He pulls up the lineage thing and shows that his father, Jango Fett, was actually a foundling. Yep. So that and that also gives a great tie-in to the Clone Wars because yeah. Jaster Muriel. No, that's probably the tie-in, right? It is, actually. Somebody uh, looked at, you know, some Star Wars nerd who knows, like, the like the language, that the printed language that is seen in a lot of those, uh, like, written shots or on computer screens, actually did the translation. And, the like, the chain code that Boba showed off mentions that his father is Django, who's a foundling from Concord Dawn and was raised by a man named Jaster. Hence, Jaster Mareel. So there you go. So the, the name actually does come back. And what's cool is that we understand why Django insisted on having his own unaltered clone as his own child. This is a big thing in Mandalorian culture. Having a, having a child to raise to continue your, continue your lineage. Yeah. So yeah, this is a... Uh... This is a crazy good episode with action. Apart from his payment, which is considerable. (laughs) And also, exposition. (laughs) Yep. So they take off in Slave 1. They go and get you. 
And that's when they go back to Navarro to recruit Cara Doom. Yep. And that's when she go- says, well, let's well, break out Mayfield. Yeah. It's like, you son of a bitch, I'm in. Son of a bitch, I'm in. And then the ending scene where Grogu's just destroying those stormtroopers with the force and Gideon's just so amused. Because he knows that Baby Yoda can't maintain, you know, this level of uh, activity with this yeah, because he like hours. passes out right after, and he like cuts a promo on him. Yeah, <laughs> while menacing him with the dark saber. <laughs> All right, Chris, I think it's time. What? What? Oh my god! What is your favorite episode of season two? Chris? I don't know. What could it be? Uh yeah, so, yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, but real quick, I just got to mention that Gideon stuns Baby Yoda. I'm just like, John Carlos yeah. Esposito, stop making me hate you with everything you do. <laughs> he is such a good villain. Tell me that that scene in Breaking Bad wasn't the most satisfying thing ever. Well, oh, when his face got, gets half blown off? <laughs> yeah, yeah, when he when he comes out Harvey Dented. Yeah, he comes out adjusted. Like, even adjusted adjust his his right? And, yeah. then, and then he realizes, oh, wait. I died. Oh, <laughs> I died. I died. All right, look, everybody agrees that Chapter 16, The Rescue, the finale, is the best episode of The Mandalorian as a whole, as a whole season. Season two and as a whole, yes. It's the highest rated. It has a 9.8 on IMDb. That's crazy high. But there's a reason why this episode was so good. Not just the tie-ins and the reveals and the story, but the whole episode, top to bottom, has action, suspense, like it's and got marking freaking... out moments. <laughs> right. So how does this one start off, Dan? <laughs> They're going for the doctor first. Dr. Pershing. <laughs> yeah. Gotta get that Dr. Pershing, the son of that So they go bitch. through and they fight everyone and he's like, oh shit, I'm gonna die. And they're like, no dude, you're actually a pretty decent person you just end up working for the wrong people we want your help yeah so just come <laughs> with us such a such a great thing too with the uh with the the guy's just like we'll make a deal and he just shoots him yeah and then that and then that one pilot that one pilot makes this dumbest mistake possible which was mocking alderan's destruction to caratoon's face oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> he deserved that dumb move <laughs> So, Mando ends and they up... have to go get Bo-Katan and Casca, and they're like, "Hey, we know where it is. We know where." Yeah, and we... they're like, "Cool." And they meet, and they're like, "This guy's a fucking clone. clone. He's a goddamn clone. He's a goddamn clone. You son of a bitch!" Oh yeah, she's like, "I heard that voice so many times. You're a clone." And then Boba Fett and Casca Reeves get into a, a quarrel, and she hits him with a jetpack. A jetpack assisted tornado DDT. Yep. <laughs> Which that made it into the dirt sheets. <laughs> <laughs> so of course I got a I got a kick out of that. But after the quarrel, they're just like, look, we've got we've got this heritage here. I have to rescue Grogu, and you want to get the dark saber from Gideon. So. We all want to. We all want to kill Gideon, right? 
man. Let's yeah. go. Just get in line. It's just, yeah, but Mando's like, all I'm interested in is getting the kid back. I want the kid's safety. You can have Moff Gideon. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Pershing's like, all right, here's the deal. You can get onto this cruiser, but it's got all those dark troopers. And, like, and if they find out that you've infiltrated the ship, they're going to activate them, and then you're screwed. And then you're so screwed. You have to try and get rid of them right away, which happens, but not quite. And then they come back anyway because they're robots. Yes. I was well, like, that's... That's when just sending them out into space, they're just going to put on their rockets. Oh, I think everybody knew that's what was going to happen. Yeah, I, I knew it in the back of my head, but in the moment I was like, okay, we don't have to worry about them anymore. And then when they started coming back, I was like, oh, shit, that's right. So, <laughs> yeah, so they come with a plan. So Boba Fett's going to attack this ship, the shuttle. And they're going to request emergency docking, and then emergency Boba's going to landing. We're coming in hot, and he's like, he's like, remember, make it look close. He goes, oh, don't worry about me, because we've we've already established Boba Fett's an excellent shot, so you know he's missing on purpose. He's not going to accidentally hit this damn thing because not a chance, right? Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's Boba freaking Fett. Also, we learn how Slave One works from the inside when he switches from vertical to horizontal. Yes. Yeah, that's like gyroscopic inside. <laughs> yes. <clears throat> that, which, I, I think there was a thing that that was like always something that people had questioned and were never really sure of. And I was like, you know what? I, that, think, it was, I think it was featured in a toy of it, though. It was like a good thing. <clears throat> It was like, oh, actually, we've known for a very long time. It's just a somewhat obscure thing that unless you had or knew or had the book or whatever, you wouldn't have known it. Yeah. Where it's done. But super cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the plan is he's attacking Bo-Katan's ship with everybody else on that ship. All the girls and Mando. And I'll talk about this now because we're going to talk about this in a minute. But I've seen all these articles that said, man, Mandalorian's all-female team-up was better than the one in the Avengers. And my immediate reaction to that was, no shit. And I'm going to tell you exactly why. And you guys you guys know me pretty damn well. You know I'm all for strong female characters. We've, even, we've talked about this a few times on the nerd table. Also found here at CKCC Radio. Nice plug, Coming man. Coming out on... <laughs> Sundays. Now, now on Sundays. Sunday hey, I can say that on this episode. That is now on Sundays, yes. But yeah, so we've already established that that these, the, uh, these were the characters that were there. Right. In in Endgame, all of the people with just XX form <laughs> XX chromosomes. Yep. Just happened just to suddenly get together. got together in the middle of a battle. And and did the thing. Right. And that was <laughs> that was my least favorite part of that battle sequence because it was shoehorned in it was obvious it took me out of the moment of the the movie watching this though there wasn't a part where i was like oh it's four females doing their thing that not, that didn't cross my mind one time because it happened naturally these were the people that were going in these they had to go this way because mando's going to get the kid while they try to take the bridge yep and, and also a good team we got a sniper we got a heavy weapon specialist we got two people with jetpacks that can do a million different things as well. So, yep, we're in Beskar, so they're they can take fire too. Well, two of them are wearing Beskar, right? Well, I'm saying that they can also take well, fire. Well, I mean, too, so and then helps. also the guy is wearing Beskar. <laughs> the one, the token male, also wearing Beskar. 
which saved his life when he fought that dark trooper. <laughs> so everything is going according to plan at the beginning. They're, they they kind of buy into them getting attacked, and they don't want them in there, but they crash land in there anyway. Yep. So, of course, Mando finds these dark troopers, and barely... gets out before he can get him out of there. Yep, and he barely makes it through this one. Yep. Cause but the best dark guard tro- spear. <laughs> yeah. anyway, so, yeah, but I, I kind of like the Empire's mindset here that they wanted stormtroopers instead of battle droids because stormtroopers had human brains and therefore were better. But by making the dark troopers, they realized that we can't put somebody in the suit because that's just not going to work to so just make them robots. Just like Iron Man 2. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, it's a... It's a it's a complete 360 back to back to robots and we need the robots. But the yeah, but the storm but the dark troopers really just came across as like big black rock'em sock'em robots. <laughs> oh yeah, but they're freaking badasses. But he sends the rest of them out, just sends them into space. So you're like, well, that does that. That's a good thing because he barely survived fighting one. If he had to fight another nineteen, they would be fucked. Exactly. And as he enters the cell, because they they take the bridge and realize Gideon's not there, that's because he's in Grogu's cell with the Darksaber. He's like, it's nice, isn't it? So he's like, look, I just want the child. I don't care about the Darksaber. I don't care about anything else. Just give me the child. I just want him back safely. Okay. Okay. Yeah, not, not a problem. But you take him, you leave the ship immediately, and you never bother us again because i've already got what i need from him okay he said like a liar like the yeah. liar that he is because as soon as mando turns his back you should have expected uh, you should have expected a former high-ranking officer of the imperial security bureau you know the spies of the of the empire to be a liar you would think but here we are <laughs> Yep. But then we wouldn't have a plot if they weren't liars. No, of course not. <laughs> so, of course, they a fight ensues, and it's Beskar versus Darksaber, and you realize they are pretty evenly matched, but Mando... One of them is a trained killer and yes. fighter. There was not so much. The other one has not fought since basic training. But by... I don't know that I don't know that that's necessarily true. But he hasn't been uh, literally trained as a warrior since he was a small boy uh, <laughs> in multiple forms of combat, like uh, Mando. Yeah, was. exactly. But he just kind of laughs and smiles about it, though, and you're like, "Well, what the fuck?" Yeah, if he's just like, "Okay, the dark saber is yours," and now he's taken hostage, so. And then we find out why he was so amused because oh, yeah. they're like they're like the wands in Harry Potter. She can't claim the Darksaber unless she defeats it, defeats, defeats. the owner in combat, and Gideon's no longer the contr- he no longer controls the Darksaber. Mando does. And he's like, he's like, I yield. Well, no, it doesn't work like that. And it's just like, oh, well, I know where season three is going. <laughs> yeah, because, well, you know, it's like, this is how the Mandalorians do, do this. This is the way. <laughs> this is the way, exactly. Ugh. I mean, their weapons are part of their religion. In their religion, weapons yeah. are my religion. Weapons are my religion. <laughs> well, he's losing his religion right now. 
So they're there, and everyone's there, and then they realize, oh, wait, the robots have, like, retro rockets. They're fucking back. Yep. Yep. And they're coming, and they're going to kill. They're going to kill everyone in this room, except for me. <laughs> except for me and the kid. Exactly. And you're like, oh, they're fucked. And then they get to the door, and you're like, oh, they're fucked. And you're like, what? Deus Ex Machina will show up. Will, will uh, Boba Fett show back up in his thing and shoot stuff? What happens? And then a single X-Wing pulls up, and you're like, Deus oh, X-Wing fuck. Machina. Yep. <laughs> Something like we got a ship coming out of hyperspace, and Cosca Reeves looks at it. She goes, It's an X Wing. And I, I love Cara doing sarcasm. She goes, Ooh, one X Wing, we're saved. And I'm like, Yes, you are. <laughs> because yeah, I was, at first I was like, I heard X Wing. I was like, Oh, is it New Republic? And then, and then suddenly it occurred to me, I was like, No, wait, wait. And you see Grogu suddenly wake up, and he's like, Wait, what? <laughs> yeah. And he, he suddenly is like touching the screen as he realizes. That's a Jedi, and the the dark troopers all turn. They're like, "Why'd they stop?" You know, the guns—they've stopped. And here comes someone with a lightsaber, just friggin' destroying everything in its path. Just and there's a glove on one of his hands. He's wearing a hood, and then we finally see him not on one of the screens. It's a green lightsaber. He's wearing a black glove on one hand. And you're just like, huh? huh. Oh, oh my god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and when he kills that last dark trooper just by crushing it with his force grip. Yup. Oh, and then right at the very end, Gideon tries to kill Grogu. No, he shoots... First he shoots uh, Bo-Katan like, oh, yeah. in the armor, but he shoots her. And then he turns to shoot Baby Yoda. And Mando blocks it. So then he turns to shoot himself. And Cara Dune stops him. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah, and what made the whole thing even more great is because you saw Grogu's reaction to all this, and then you saw Gideon staring at the screens in horror because he's just like, no, oh no, 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 <laughs> because he knows what Jedi can do. Yeah, he knew. But again, this is important. He only got knocked out. He's still alive. Oh, yeah. We're not well, that's, do- because, that's because the New Republic will want to put him on trial. Uh, we're not, yeah, we ain't done with him by a long shot. Oh, hell no. So, yes, the Jedi enters the room and reveals the hood, and you're just like, everybody screamed in unison. Because it's Mark frickin' Hamill. And, of course, Mando, are you Jedi? Like, you son of a bitch. Of course he is. And he's Poorly, so... de- poorly de-aged. Mark. Yes. They they did what they could with it. They did, they, it was... It was... It was... It was good i would i, I would, would have say used it some... wasn't it wasn't it, it wasn't perfect but it was not terrible but I, at least they tried to make it look the way it should have looked yeah the, with the with the face and the voice they they got it for they did it pretty well and grogu doesn't necessarily want to leave because he needs he wants permission to complete his training yeah and din Jaren because... he grants it well yeah because grogu knew I am part of his clan. I can't leave without clan leaders say so. And he takes off his helmet to give a proper farewell. And that was another great little sort of callback to Star Wars as well. It's just let me see you with my own eyes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so it's got that. It's the only real emotional gut punch in the in the season. And it works so well. 
And then, and then ten years later, Kylo Ren kills him. <laughs> oh God damn it! Would you stop? <laughs> Would you stop? <laughs> uh, but I love that Grogu immediately like bonds with R two. Yeah. Although R two is probably like uh, one of these again. And I, I, like, I had a lot of issues. Wait, wait, I thought you were dead. <laughs> I had a lot of issues with one of you on on Dagobah, but so. We end with Luke departing with Grogu and everybody watching, and the credits roll. Not a dry eye in the audience. Not a dry eye in the audience. The credits roll, and then we get a post-credit scene. Here comes that we first we see that Bib Fortuna has let himself go big time. He's trying he to become in charge of Jabba's palace. Yeah, so he's just want to be want to be the hut. Yep. And in walks Boba Fett, and he's like, hey, I haven't seen you in forever. And Boba Fett just friggin' kills him. Kicks him off the throne, has a seat, while his maul, Fennec Shan, just pops a little thing of vodka. Or, <laughs> yeah, uh, just starts vodka, drinking. And starts drinking while she sits on the arm of it. And then and it says... Boba's just there like a frickin' boss. <laughs> Coming next year, the book of Boba Fett. Oh. <laughs> yes. The best thing I have seen in Star Wars, which since was like the original trilogy. I, remember yeah. all the series that got announced during the series during oh, this season, yeah. right? All of that. There's, you know, like the, there's yeah. Andrew Katano. There's They didn't announce the Boba Fett series until that post credit stinger. Uh, and it had been rumored, some... but it, we never got an official announcement. Yeah, Star Wars is in really good hands, and there's so much good stuff coming down the lines, or at least what we hope is going to be good stuff. But I have faith in Dave Filoni and John Favreau. I think right. the next thing is Bad Batch. It's coming out this summer. Uh, yeah, I believe Bad Batch is next. Yes, Bad Batch is next. So all we know right now is we're getting Book of Boba Fett sometime this year. We just don't know exactly when yet. It is going to be in the fall, same as... Uh, Probably in the fall, yeah. And the only two confirmed cast members at this time are Tamora Morrison and Ming-Na Wen. That's all we know so far. We know it will be one season, and there has... Because it's a, and a there, series. Yes, and there will at least be seven episodes. This is all we know thus far. So yes, the Book of Boa Fett is coming. That's... A wrap-up on my ranking of Mandalorian Season 2. What do you guys think? Would you have shuffled any episodes around? And where oh, would you I have put them? You pretty, pretty much nailed it. I maybe would have moved one or two, but only, like, one space. You know? Right. Right, because that's just it. Like, this is a pretty much a... And IMDb, if you went by IMDb rankings, Passenger would be last at 7.9. Uh, I believe the next one is The Siege at 8.4. Then you have, I believe, yep, The Heiress at 8.8. Then The Marshal at 8.9. So those are the ones that got switched uh, from my list. And then everything else pretty much goes in order. The Believer at not, at an even 9. Uh, the only difference is The Tragedy and The Jedi are swapped. Tragedy got a 9.2, Jedi got a 9.5, and then The Rescue got a 9.8. So my list was pretty concurrent with what the general populace that votes on IMDb is. Mm. Yep. And 
So there's probably isn't going to be too much debate. Nope. I... I'm not, I'm not here to really to debate. I'm just here to provide commentary on all of these episodes along with you guys. I'm not really one to do ranking things very, very much. Well, I am. I do the, I do the ranking. I get the heat and you guys come along for the ride and you get to tell me when I'm wrong, but apparently you didn't. (laughs) So. All right. I Uh, think Boba Fett is set for December. Okay. So overall thoughts on season two of The Mandalorian. Dan, I'll start with you. Uh, great. It is better than the first season, but it's not like, you know, it's so much better, but it's better. And it's worth a watch. If you like Star Wars at all, like in the past, I have been on Star Wars centric podcast with Chris and I have been introduced as the more uh, filthy casual. And now I realized uh, no, I've seen just about everything, and I've played, like, half the video games that have ever existed. I guess I'm a hardcore. <laughs> You're a little more <laughs> hardcore than you realize. Jay, your overall thoughts on Mando Season 2? I agree. It is definitely better than the than Season 1, but that's not saying it's, like, twice as good. It is just sort of, like, Season 1, you know, four stars. You know, it was, you know a lot of sort of world building, but very good. But, see, but Season 2 is just, like, gets that half star extra because it's My- just... It, yeah, it keeps getting better. exactly. Exactly. That's that's you both nailed it. That's like me saying that, well, I, I like Butterfingers better than Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and people gasp and I'm like, but that's literally number one and number two. That's like my one and two as well. Yeah, exactly. So like <laughs> what just because something and that's the point of this show with, with ranking, like when I did those Disney movies, I realized I watched 58 movies and only really disliked 10 of them. <laughs> it's just that other stuff has to and that's why I like doing stuff like this because it makes the show fun and uh, there's so much to talk about it gets hard to actually rank stuff because when there's so much good it gets difficult to find placements for things this is something I know I'm going to run into when I do the MCU and Pixar on the yeah. show because there's so much good there's very little bad and even some of the bad is still pretty good But next time I bring you Chris Franks the Universe, which might be in a short period of time as we record this, because I want, as as I mentioned earlier, Dan and I do Stupid Sexy Podcasts, we review every Simpsons ever. We've completed the first two seasons as of this recording, so I'd really like to go back and do a ranking on those and make those new Chris Franks the Universe. So I'll probably tackle those next, and if anybody out there considers himself a fan of the Simpsons and would like to jump in on this... Uh, Chris Decker from the A Show would be a, a good candidate there. We can have a roundtable of Simpsons fans on as we do a ranking there. The only thing is it might have to be like the Disney stuff. I might be able to do the first episode as a standalone, but the other seasons might have to be split into two parts just because there's so much more to talk about because you start getting over 20 episodes. Talking about 22 episodes. Exactly. Yeah. And we only talked about eight episodes and we're running close to two hours here. So there you go. Yeah. That's basically sums it up. But yes, Star Wars is in good hands. There's some great ideas under that cowboy hat. And if Happy Hogan's involved, I'm on board. Absolutely. This is basically what it boils down to here. And my prediction for season three is we're going to see less of the Jedi stuff because I think that'll get tackled with Ahsoka's show. 
and we're going to see more of Bo-Katan. And stuff. Yeah, yeah. Bo-Katan and Mando and, and the what they're going to do with the Yeah, and the armor. Hope she's still around. I think she is. And I think it's going to lead to the official retakeover of the planet of Mandalore. And I predict Mandalorian's only going to go about four seasons. Yeah, that seems about as far as far That's as you can go with it. Probably what they should do with all these shows is one to four. Right. Well, I think that's what they're. I think Book of Boba Fett is and Obi Wan are both going to be standalone seasons. They're miniseries, yeah. basically. You get one. Kind of like kind of like Wandavision was. Correct, but that's all Wandavision needed to be, and exactly. it was and it was great. It's I don't. Average. I don't want there to be a season two of Wandavision because I got everything Thanks. I wanted. Exactly. Just like you how can, you can continue the you can continue Wanda's story, it's just it's not going to be in Wandavision. Correct. Make a, diff, make a new series, The Scarlet Witch, and they are going to do that. So there you exactly. go. So right, so this is what this is where I think uh, I think Star Wars is in the best hands because they know they're not going to be like. I mean, how many shows, even shows that I love, have overstayed their welcome? I I, I didn't like how Game of Thrones ended. I've talked about that Mm. big bang theory became one of my favorite sitcom comedies and it went on way too long don't get me started on the simpsons that's a that's an entire podcast on its own uh probably should have went away for 10 years and then came back that's what i said exactly just like all this other stuff that got rebooted and it's and it's brilliant in its inclusion when they did the rocco's modern life movie and they did the invader zim movie and we got the hey arnold movie and then we got new Animaniacs, and I'm like, this is great! I'm like, imagine if The Simpsons did this, if they ended after, like, 10, 11 seasons, and then they came back after a 15-year hiatus, and now you get to see them interact with the internet and everything. Ah, that's where they lost the boat, but is what it is. A whole conversation for another time. So Simpsons yep. probably coming up next. Uh, on the horizon, Pixar, the MCU... I've talked about doing a ranking of the Harry Potter movies and books, which would be two separate episodes. And it would be a very different... No. They would be different lists. Exactly. It would be different lists. Not just because one item is seven and the other because one's eight. I tell you what, because my favorite book might be my least favorite movie. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. And... Uh, and I do. I've I've talked about doing the DreamWorks stuff. That is something I will plan to tackle with my new work schedule. I do have an extra day off, so I will have time to actually watch movies. I might even be able to watch two movies a weekend, which would be a, a much quicker pickup here for this movie stuff. It gets difficult. Um, we're gonna do James Bond when we get No Time to Die. So in some point in the, some point five years from some now, point trade. yeah we'll tackle that uh, but in the near future we can do what I've wanted to do which is the James Bond soundtrack ranking of all of the title songs that came off of a James Bond film uh, yeah. so that's something in plans but yes I take requests if you guys have something cool you would like me to rank I'm all for it if it's a TV show I've seen. I will tackle it season by season. If it's a TV show I haven't seen, I might need a little more time to catch up on things. Like, I'm about to finish Shit's Creek. We're about to start the last season. So I could do a ranking of those. I can tackle Game of Thrones. I can tackle Breaking Bad. I can tackle The Sopranos. I can do Family Guy, South Park, Rick Letter and Kenny. Morty, Letter Kenny. All of these are possible. And 
with All Chris Ranks the Universe. If you'd like to come on for a specific ranking and be part of the discussion, you can even present your own list as I do mine. You are welcome to do so. It's kind of like how Jeff Trelowitz does ranking tracks. It's his ranking, but you can join in the discussion and explain how what you would pick. I've been on a couple of those episodes, so is Dan. They're fun. Yep. And I could do more music-based stuff. Jeff will probably be on the music-based stuff, too. So, so yeah, I take requests, but this has been Chris Ranks the Universe. And I'd like to thank the two of you for joining me for another wonderful discussion of The Mandalorian. I hope to have both of you back in the near future. Looking forward to it. Exactly. Meet meet my price. Exactly. <laughs> Dan already said it earlier. I'm just going to buy him a Butterfinger and a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. And he's like, all right, you son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> this is the way. This is the way. Exactly. Thank you guys for tuning in to Chris Ranks the Universe. And we will see you next time whenever the show airs. I don't know when that is. It's a miniseries for a reason. Yeah.